0: MSW Media News with swearing. Dear the beans, dear beans, dear beans, dear
1: beans.
0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, January fifteenth, twenty twenty-one. Today, congressional Democrats are demanding answers about tours given inside the Capitol the day before the insurrection. Trump is impeached for a second time. A massive pardons list is expected to come out in the next few days. Jamie Harrison is selected as the new DNC chair. Taxpayer money has been spent on restrooms for Ivanka and Jared's Secret Service, as they would not allow them to use the restrooms in their home. Trump refuses to pay Giuliani's legal fees, and the DC Attorney General seeks an interview with. Jr. for Improper Spending of Inaugural Money. I'm your host, A.G. Hey, everybody. Thanks for the break yesterday. I'm, I'm still pretty sick, but I am at home. I'm staying isolated. Um, and I just wanted to get out some headlines for you. And of course, later I'll be joined by Amy Carrero for the good news. And I'm going to be speaking today with uh, former congressional candidate from California's 50th district, Amar Campa about his thoughts on the insurrection. If I'm a little slow today, please forgive me. I'm pretty foggy, but we do have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. The lead story today comes from ABC, and it says, quote, Congressional Democrats have demanded an investigation into what they call suspicious behavior and access for some visitors the day before the Capitol assault, alleging that unnamed lawmakers led an extremely high number of outside groups through the building on what they say could have been reconnaissance tours. During a Facebook Live session on Tuesday, New Jersey Democrat Rep. Mikey Sherrill claimed she witnessed unnamed members of Congress lead groups of people through the Capitol on potential reconnaissance tours on January 5th, though it is common for lawmakers to guide constituents through the building. Sherrill also alleged Republicans abetted Trump in his effort to overturn the results of the election and promised she would see that they're held accountable and, if necessary, ensure that they don't serve in Congress. The New Jersey Democrat, a former U.S. Navy helicopter pilot, And she's a former federal prosecutor. She joined more than 30 lawmakers signing the letter Wednesday to request an investigation from the acting House Sergeant at Arms, the acting Senate Sergeant at Arms and the United States Capitol Police. Now, as we know, all three of those people recently resigned. So these are new folks sitting in those positions now. Quote, many of the members who signed this letter, including those of us who have served in the military and are trained to recognize suspicious activity, as well as various members of our staff, witnessed an extremely high number of outside groups in the complex on Tuesday, January 5th. This is unusual, she says, for several reasons, including the fact that the access to the Capitol complex has been restricted since public tours ended in March of last year due to the pandemic. Uh, As part of the investigation, lawmakers asked congressional law enforcement authorities whether logs of visitors are inspected and collected, as well whether members were required to sign in guests uh, to the Capitol on January 5th. They also inquired whether any additional law enforcement agencies have requested access to these logs, and they questioned what circumstances would need to occur to deny a visitor from entering the Capitol, whether there are video logs from January 5th, and if its uh, facial recognition software is used for visitors entering the Capitol complex. And uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray is finally speaking up. He's saying the chatter uh, is off the charts with threats to armed attacks during the inauguration next Wednesday. There are currently um, 20,000-plus National Guard and law enforcement members securing the perimeter uh, of the Capitol. Uh, As law enforcement tells the public to avoid the Capitol area altogether, the public will not be allowed um, on the grounds. Pence is going to be briefed about the security surrounding the inauguration on Wednesday, Um, Or No, excuse me, on Thursday. But Trump will not be present for that briefing. But we're seeing one of the largest mobilizations of military and law enforcement for any single event in history uh, coming for this inauguration next week. And the man seen carrying the Confederate flag in the Capitol building and the man who assaulted a police officer with a fire extinguisher and the man seen in the Capitol wearing a Camp Auschwitz shirt. Three different people have all been arrested, according to the Department of Justice. Uh, And amid the pictures of rioters jammed onto the steps of the U.S. Capitol is one that appears to show former Arizona lawmaker Anthony Kern. He is captured in a throng of people dressed in MAGA hats and holding flags. Uh, Behind him at the top of the steps is a woman in bright red Trump, uh, bright red Trump sweatshirt. And she has her fist up in the air. He was not the only Arizona lawmaker at the Capitol on on Wednesday when a rally to overturn the presidential election became a siege that has left now six people dead, including a Trump supporter and Capitol police officers. While the country watched, stunned, as rioters smashed their way into the inner sanctums of the House and the Senate, Republican State Rep. Mark Fincham posted a photo on social media looking up at a crowd amassed on the east steps of the building. Uh, One person stands on top of a vehicle in this photo. Quote, what happens when the people feel they've been ignored and Congress refuses to acknowledge rampant fraud, unquote, is what he wrote in the picture. Neither Kern nor Fincham could be reached for comment. And President-elect Joe Biden plans to nominate and did just now officially nominate Jeremy Harrison as his pick to lead the Democratic National Committee. This is part of an effort to bolster the committee ahead of what are already expected to be challenging midterm elections for the party. And that's according to two people with knowledge. Uh, a former chairman of the South Carolina Democratic Party, Mr. Harrison became a national political star last year, shattering fundraising records in his race against Lindsey Graham crackers. Uh, When Mr. Harrison lost in November, he drew 44 percent of the vote to Mr. Graham's 55 percent. He developed a broad bench of support across the party. And from The Washington Post... Instructed not to use any of the half-dozen bathrooms inside Jared and Ivanka's house in D.C., the Secret Service detail assigned to President Trump's daughter and son-in-law spent months searching for a reliable restroom to use on the job, according to neighbors and law enforcement officials. After resorting to a portable restroom, as well as bathrooms at the nearby home of former President Barack Obama and the not-so-nearby residence of Vice President Pence, the agents found a solution. Now, this is not normally news we would be reporting, but this impacts the taxpayer money uh, because it came to a cost. Um, Since September 2017, the federal government has been spending $3,000 a month, more than $100,000 to date, to rent a basement studio with a bathroom from a neighbor of the Kushner family. So... That's been happening now. Donald Trump has fallen out uh, with his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. He's refusing to pay Rudy Giuliani's legal bills. This has been reported with the president feeling abandoned and frustrated during his last is in office. As we know, Giuliani played a key role in Trump's failed attempts to overturn the results of uh, the presidential election through the courts. Uh, We also know that it was only going to be Dershowitz and Giuliani that were going to be Trump's lawyers for the impeachment. But doesn't seem like that's going to happen anymore if Trump's not paying him. So according to the Washington Post, relations between Trump and Giuliani have dramatically cooled. Trump has instructed his aides not to pay Giuliani's outstanding fees. The president is reportedly offended by Giuliani's demand for $20,000 a day, a figure the lawyer denies but which apparently is in writing somewhere, and White House officials have been told not to put through any of Giuliani's calls. Uh, Trump is reportedly unhappy that members of his inner circle have failed to defend him following last week's deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol. Many have been silent following Wednesday's vote in the House of Representatives to impeach Trump for a second time. So we missed the show yesterday, but that was the news yesterday. Historic event. Uh, The Trump, uh, the Trump, the the president was impeached for a second time in the House and 10 Republicans voted. It is a bipartisan impeachment, which takes away the argument Mitch McConnell had last time about not bringing it to the the Senate floor for a vote, saying it was because it it was not a bipartisan effort. Well, it is now. And those who have uh, reportedly failed to step up for Trump include Trump's press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, who's resigned, um, all responsible for indulging Trump's belief that the election was rigged. The D.C. Attorney General's office said Thursday that it has notified Trump Jr. that it wishes to interview him as part of a lawsuit alleging that Trump's 2017 inaugural committee improperly funneled money to the president's business. Uh, This is the D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine. That's different from the U.S. Attorney General in D.C., uh, who is Michael Sherwin. This lawsuit was filed in January uh, of last year, about a year ago, and it alleges that the Trump inaugural committee wasted a million dollars of donors money on an overpriced, little used ballroom at the president's D.C. hotel and then paid a forty nine thousand dollar hotel bill that should have gone through the Trump organization. In a recent court filing, Racine's office said that Trump Jr.'s assistant and close friends had reserved the hotel rooms at the Lowe's Madison Hotel that led to the $49,000 bill. After the bill went into collections, the Trump inaugural committee finally paid the charge. Trump Jr. Uh, would be a second person, uh, the second of the president's children, actually, to be deposed in the case. We know Ivanka was brought in last year. Um, she put on Twitter she had spoken to Racine's investigators for more than five hours. Racine says the Trump Organization and the Inaugural Committee violated laws that prohibit charities from giving special benefits to their own leaders. His suit asks that Trump's company pay back the benefits it received from the Inaugural Committee so the money can be given to charity. And I will be right back to discuss the events of January 6th with former congressional candidate for California's 50th district, Omar Campanajar. And we'll talk about the disparity between law enforcement's response. Uh, you know, to the insurrection as opposed to the Black Lives Matters protests over the summer. And then after that, I'm going to be joined by Amy Carrera for the good news. So stay with us.
2: Hey, everybody,
0: it's AG. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation because let's be honest, they don't taste very good and they don't fill you up. And they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. Well, this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Monk Pack. They have cracked the code when it comes to making snacks that taste amazing but have no sugar almost. And Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle. The perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better, cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. Uh, I've been trying to eat better. It's been hard, but I get tripped up by snacks. I love snacks. Uh, But since having the Monk Pat Keto Nut and Seed Bars around, it's helped. They have the perfect balance of sweet and salty crunch, that craving that you have. Uh, And, you know, they're made from whole nuts and seeds, but they still manage to be soft and chewy. They come in delicious flavors like pecan almond, sea salt dark chocolate, and peanut butter dark chocolate. My favorite right now is the peanut butter dark chocolate because, well, it's peanut butter and dark chocolate. It's delicious. And since they're packed with protein, they're filling and satisfying. They're perfect for a quick snack to indulge your sweet tooth without any guilt. And in addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO, with no soy, trans fats, sugar, alcohols, or artificial colors. So enjoy Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars while working out, running errands, on a bike ride, after a workout try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code dailybeans at checkout. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's m u n k p a c k.com and select any product and then enter the code dailybeans at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, good food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by former congressional candidate for California's 50th district, Amar Najjar. Amar, welcome.
1: Thank you, Allison. Thank you for all the work that you do during these past crazy four years. It's all coming to a head. Seven more days. Hopefully, without a hitch, we'll have a new president.
0: OK, let's talk about that, because right now i am you know been watching these candidates, these members of Congress, not candidates, members of Congress, Congress speak um, during impeachment. and I'm very concerned because there are still people who are out there backing the big lie, quote unquote, the big lie being that the election was stolen. And what are your thoughts on that?
1: It's disappointing. It's shameful. It's uh, it's treasonous in my mind, to be honest. And even corporate America, who are not, you know, the most uh, moral entities, are threatening Republicans saying, if you continue to walk down this road with this president, we will no longer support you financially. And we always thought that corporate America and money was the mother's milk of politics, especially cynical politics. But there's this new impulse that's out there that's wreaking havoc on the Republican Party and on our country. And it is so shameful. And my opponent, Daryl Issa, was babbling today. He couldn't get his words straight because he knew He was not on the right side of history, and this country will remember that. And he was out there saying that, you know, he didn't always think Trump was the most articulate person, but we're seven days away and all this stuff. President Trump poses a clear and present threat to our country, bar none. And this is coming from a guy who ran for Congress in a very Republican district where I had to work with Trumpsters and and get Trump voters to vote for me, and even said that if Trump were to win, which I'm glad he didn't, I'd be willing and have to work for him, work with him, because it would be my responsibility. I'm telling you right now that this man cannot be reasoned with. He's a threat to our nation's security. He threatened people that I love who work in Congress, and he is not fit to be our president, and he will forever be known as the worst president that this country's ever known.
0: Exactly. It's like Adam Schiff said your name will be tied to his and with a cord of steel for all of history. And uh, as I was listening to these Republicans, Um, I'm flabbergasted that they would still support Trump after the events of January 6th.
1: Domestic terrorist attack. Let's not even call it domestic. It's just a terrorist attack from within. And it's ironic to me because these are the same folks who for four years, Allison, called me a terrorist trying to infiltrate Congress. You remember that from Duncan Hunter and his.
0: They did. They tried to label you a terrorist.
1: But it's ironic because who, who are the terrorists trying to infiltrate Congress now? It's the most ironic of all ironies, and it's it's heartbreaking. That this is where we've come to as a country, um, but I hope that there's um, we come out stronger out of this. That we do some cleaning of our agencies because this happened, you know, with leadership, you know, in law enforcement clearly turning a blind eye and a deaf ear. There's no way that this happened, uh, you know, and they were able to just march in when just over the summer you had the National Guard all standing there uh, because of the you know the mostly peaceful protests from those who are advocating for Black Lives Matter. So there's a huge double standard. There's a lot of hypocrisy. And all these folks who support the blue line and all that stuff and support law enforcement, they killed police officers a week ago. So I don't wanna hear any of that. It is clearly about white supremacy and white nationalism. And as a nation, we don't stand for that. We stand for equality for everybody. Regardless of your hues or your views, all of us are given rights and all of us are created equal. And this country was built on that notion. So anybody who claims to be someone who's a patriot doing this stuff is not a patriot. They're what our, our founders told us to protect against enemies, foreign and domestic. They are the domestic enemies of this country. And we have to stand tall against them. And Allison, I spent years trying to have sympathy and understand where they came from and understand, you know, that I said they weren't ignorant, they were ignored. I'm done feeling their pain. I tried for four years. And this is what it's led to. And so, frankly, I even feel ashamed that I tried so hard to to give them the benefit of the doubt. And so a lot of us have to do soul searching. I hope there's people who maybe they had sympathies for for these folks who created the the attacks. But just do some soul searching. Don't justify what they did. It's unjustifiable. This This is not a moment for saving souls and trying to redeem people and save people from being misguided. This is a moment of choosing. You're either with the terrorists or you're with the patriots and you support democracy or you support anarchy. You have to choose now. That's the choice now.
0: Tell me more about being done with the people that support Trump because I've done my best to reach out but it seems like it's always in vain.
1: I am done because they are desecrating everything this country stands for, everything that you fought for, everything they claim to be patriots about. And it's really important that we distinguish who we mean by they. There are a lot of people who voted for Trump that I know, family and otherwise, people who voted for Trump and voted for me. In my race, I actually I outperformed Biden, so I won some Trump voters as well. And there are people who are good. They just are misguided, and they also, th- their ideology came first, which in a way is noble. But when you see what's happening now, it's gotten to the point where our institutions are in, are in shambles. And it's a moment of choosing. And there's a lot of Trump voters who are saying the president went too far by inciting this, by being the mastermind behind these attacks on the Capitol, by saying raise hell and take it to the Capitol. And he said he was going to go join them. He never did because he's a coward. He He brainwashes people and lets them do his dirty work. And so I think it's really important that we are done with the enablers of Trump and we are done with Trump. People who voted for Trump I think there's room for forgiveness. There's 70 million people who voted for him. They're not all the same. We can't paint them with the same broad brush, Allison. Otherwise, we become everything that we are fighting against. You know, painting everybody with a broad brush, that's that's the problem that we face, as I face as a Latino Arab American. They think we're all bad people. And I don't want to become what I resent. So I my posture now is we're not going to go out of our way to welcome them, but we'll you know, to, to, to convert them. But I will welcome anybody who wants to have a change of heart. But it is not my job to, to, to make you woke. It's not my job to make you recognize the error of your ways. It's not my job as a Latino Arab American to explain to you why this president, through his words and his deeds, was so harmful to my community. It's your job from a position of privilege to wake up yourself. And I will always welcome those who want to do that. And anybody who says, I want to understand better, I will always create that opportunity for you. But I'm not going to bend over backwards anymore. And there's some people who are beyond reason that you just can't talk to. And you don't need to have everybody be united. You know, the the the, the benefit of unity is to have peace, to have justice, to have equity. But unity is not the most important thing. Unity is, a, is the... a means to an end which is having that more harmonious country that we all strive for where everybody's treated equally where everybody can see themselves in the future but right now it's a moment of choosing and there is a us versus them mentality and it's really important allison that the them that we're talking about they're not a majority of the country they're not even half the country um they're a very small vocal dangerous fringe and and so Let's just not lose sight of what our country is and, and what it isn't. And for those people, that tiny fringe, I'm done with them. And if you're offended by that comment and you're not part of that fringe, you really need to think about what your priorities are. I'm a, a prisoner of hope, Allison. So I feel like there's there's hope on the horizon that better days are ahead of us. Seven days from now, we're going to have a president who knows how to deal with that office with integrity and honesty and and just sincerity and compassion so i'm hopeful i'm super hopeful
0: no i agree and we are a big tent party we invite everyone you know but if you aren't willing to abandon the big lie we can't invite you and and that's kind of just the way it is and and that is what is necessary to unify and move forward. I have to take a quick break. Will you join me after this break? Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon, the most incredible cereal. Actually, it's just one of the best foods ever. If you're a cereal lover like me, um, you have to try Magic Spoon. So, you know, I used to eat cereal all the time when I was a little kid, but as an adult, I had to give it up because of all the sugar and carbs and chemicals, but not Magic Spoon. It has brought back my love of cereal because it's delicious. You won't believe it's made without all the sugar, carbs, or guilt. Truly, Magic Spoon is so good, You will not believe it's healthy. And as Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, as opposed to, well, none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. And I agree. Magic Spoon cereals amazingly have zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only 3 nat grams of carbs per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part it's delicious Uh, with four amazing flavors cocoa fruity frosted and blueberry you feel the nostalgia already it tastes incredible Um, it seems like it's too good to be true but it's not my favorite flavor right now is the cocoa I eat it up and then I get to drink the chocolatey milk after it's wonderful uh, and, you know, it's even a great snack, dry, and it's guilt-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans, grab a variety pack, try all the flavors today. Be sure to use our promo code dailybeans at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is still confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're talking to our good friend. Uh, former candidate for California's 50th district congressional candidate, Amar Najjar. Well, let's talk about what you mentioned earlier regarding rebuilding. What do you, what do you see for rebuilding is the most important piece of that? What, what do we need to, to rebuild?
1: I think to rebuild, we have to reckon with the origins of our country. You know, America has never lived up to its full promise, never lived up to its highest ideals. America is a living paradox and the same founding documents that said all are created equal. were The same founding documents also said that slaves were three-fifths of a person. So we have to reckon with the fact that our nation has always been a tale of two nations.
0: Yeah, so we have to acknowledge and accept our faults to move forward.
1: Right, exactly. And America is a beautiful country with so much immense promise. It has changed people's lives the world over. It's the most welcoming country, I think, still, even now. It's a nation built of all nations. It has so much opportunity where you could come with nothing, and make something out of your life here in this country. But we have to also realize that this nation was built you know, on the backs of, of slaves, who the descendants of whom still live today. It was stolen by Native Americans. And so, so for Black, Indigenous, and people of color, we have to reckon with the pain of those communities and understand that equality is not the same as equity. Equity recognizes that everybody starts off at a different advantage in life from the moment they're born because of their hues, because of their zip code, because of their, their gender, because of their background. And so I think it's really important that we recognize those things and recognize that it's not an apparition in this country's long stretch towards justice and equality. It was there at the founding. And so once we reckon with where we come from, then we can paint a vision of where we're going. And I think that is the work of frankly, the only party willing to take up that mantle and be, you know, all that we just talked about, that requires you to do some soul searching, but also fact finding. And there's only one party that cares about facts today. So the Democratic Party is going to have to be the party that's not just the opposition party to Trump and his followers, but the opportunity party. And therein lies the, the, the great hope for us is to be the opportunity party that says we're going to give health care to, to all who need it. We're going to provide affordable housing and economic opportunity and and rebuild small businesses and make sure that you are bound by nothing but your own imagination in this country again.
0: Well, Amar, let me tell you, when I worked at the VA, so many veterans didn't want their benefits because they felt like there was a finite number, a finite amount of benefits. And that if they had some, then they would be keeping benefits from somebody who they feel has it worse off. Uh, but it's not a zero-sum game. It's everyone, you know, everyone treats it as a zero-sum game. It's just not.
1: Right. I mean, we're not trying to take away things. You know, I think the problem is that re- Republicans think that freedom is the absence of barriers.
0: That or they think rights are like pie. You know, we've heard this comparison a lot. If I have rights, you don't have any rights. I take taking rights away from you. It's just weird.
1: The zero-sum game. It's It's bizarre. Uh, It's a mentality of scarcity. And I think that's, that just people need to come to grips with that. And, you know, it's not just, freedom is not just the freedom to, it's freedom from, right? It's freedom from, you know, we're being worried if you're an illness away from losing your home because if you don't have good healthcare, it's freedom from worrying if you're going to have to go to your kids and say, honey, we have to sell the house and we got to move out of this district and you can't go to school with the same people that you went to school with. You know, it's freedom from these fears. And, and surely it should be freedom from insurrectionist terrorists trying to infiltrate Congress and kill. Our oh, but that laborers. should
0: be number one.
1: It's just that, that's the bar now. Right. But but that's what freedom means. It means freedom from these fears, these agonizing fears that are completely American made. I mean, America is the most wealthy country on Earth. Why do we have people living in third world country conditions?
0: Yes, because as much as I disagree with some Trump supporters, in the end, I still want them to have free education and free health care and, and uh, you know, all of these uh, these human rights that we, we all deserve access to.
1: And that's, that's, a, that's us aspiring to America as an ideal, the promise of America. We've never met it, but we can. And there's, like you said, there's plenty of ways, you know, they say a budget is a statement of values. Show me your budget and I'll tell you what your values are. And when veterans don't get the, the assistance they need from the VA, it, to your point, it's not because we don't have the money, it's because we're spending it on defense. And so this notion that, you know, we're going to we, we care about the mission more than we care about the troops, the notion that somehow you are dispensable when you're done serving. But I think the goal of every American should hope to see a veteran, you know, their life after service goes long after, you know, their, their time in military. I would like to see every person have a life that, that is longer than their time
0: in service. Yes. And no matter what, you should have access to health care. And that shouldn't just be for veterans. It should be for all Americans.
1: A hundred percent. And we're we're all bound to each other. You know, if we don't take care of each other's health care, then there's extraneous costs. If you just look at it from an economic standpoint, it just makes sense to, to cover people to have good health care.
0: I love that you say that because that's the preventive medicine is, is the answer
1: being proactive. It just, for God's sake. And, and I think, you know, an AOC mentioned this in, in her, I don't know if you saw her, what she talked about yesterday It was very powerful. And um, she said, look, we are too short sighted as a country when it comes to the way that we run our economy, short-term gain versus long-term, you know, suffering. We are the same thing with healthcare, the same thing with the environment. We want the, 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 quick oil, but we don't look at the long-term catastrophic impacts of the climate crisis. And then also the the lying to ourselves and the fake news to prop up this president who look at what four years has done. That's not even long-term. but And now you're looking at these elected officials who are currently, as we're speaking, trying to do the president's bidding because they think about their immediate next election. Daryl Issa, for example, is running for Congress in 2022 again, right? Right. And he's thinking, well, what's going to work for me in the Republican district? Never mind the fact that the dangerous precedent of not holding an insurrectionist president accountable, somebody who literally, you know, called on people, made a call to action. And then an hour later, they were out there in the Capitol trying to storm in and killing people.
0: Not to mention the needs of the people in the 50th district. I don't, I don't understand how Republicans continually vote against their own best interests.
1: They deserve better, Allison. I mean, they deserve better than, than so much of what they've been dealt between ISA and the Hunters and everything else. And I think it's be, our party, you know, in my race, we got 46 percent this time. We got 48.3 percent last time. We got the blue wave help last time. This time, as you know, We lost seats all across California that Democrats picked up. It was a bad year for Democrats in the House. We
0: did lose a few, yeah. We lost, uh, what, 16, 18-something?
1: Yeah, we we have the narrowest majority in in recent memory in an incoming House. And I think the reason is because the message was, we're going to beat Trump. And that works if you're Joe Biden. But what happens if you're not running against Trump?
0: Well, the message should be, we're, you know about what we're going to do for you not uh, not like what your opponents tactics were
1: yes not the opposition party opportunity versus opposition and when we look in 2018 we had the blue wave congress was the proxy for trump but then when trump was on the ballot people scratched that itch and said I can't deal with trump so I'm going to vote against trump and vote for biden but then after that they're like well what do the democrats have to offer Other than not Trump. And when Trump's not on that part of the ballot, they're like, well, I don't know. I'm hearing that they don't support law enforcement. I'm hearing that they want to raise my taxes. I don't know what they stand for. So I'm going to vote for the Republican and create balance. Have Biden in a Republican house was was the goal of these same voters who voted for Biden and voted for the Republican. And I think it's because they have the advantage. They're the anti government party. So They're just like, we don't want to raise your taxes. We don't want to infringe on your rights. It's easier to construct that than say, let me tell you how I could spend your money better than you. That's that's a really hard thing to sell.
0: Well, you can put Republican talking points on bumper stickers. It's harder to put more comprehensive ideas into bullet points like that. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that Republican voters never got the information in the Mueller report. But speaking
1: of the Mueller report and this impeachment, the difference is... Why this impeachment may succeed even in the Senate? Well, first, Mitch McConnell hates Trump now, right? He even said the
0: word. Yeah, McConnell is mad. I haven't heard this kind of language from him. Um, So I'm really interested to see how this plays out.
1: Right. You know how people say Republicans, Democrats fall in love, Republicans fall in line. It takes a lot to make Republicans divide. And that's what's happening now. And I think it's because McConnell knows that Trump has damaged the Republican brand for many years to come, and he put his life in danger, and even Mike Pence's life in danger. But the difference right now, Allison, between the Mueller report and and that impeachment and this one is, it's not, to your point, the Mueller report was very dense and very complicated.
0: Yeah. And I think Nadler waited four months before he requested the underlying evidence in the Mueller probe under Article one. And we know Bill Barr mischaracterized characterized the findings.
1: But this one immediate action is being taken. Everybody knows why. And no one can deny what they're seeing with their own eyes. This insurrection, this terrorist attack on our nations, the center of American government was destroyed, nearly destroyed.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the seat of democracy was attacked and we watched it live on television. And as the days go by, we're starting to get a clearer picture of just how bad it was.
1: You had you had Trumpsters or insurrectionists. They put their foot on the on the necks of law enforcement. Shocking that these are the same people who were defending law enforcement all summer. It's hypocrisy.
0: Yes. Reenacting the George Floyd murder.
1: Yeah. And, and it tells you it has nothing to do with the rule of law. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with white nationalism white supremacy. And I hate to say it, because I was the Hopi you candidate for four years. But you cannot treat the illness unless you call it by its name. And that's what it is.
0: It is. It's white nationalism, plain and simple. But that's the reality.
1: And it doesn't mean that all white folks are bad. It doesn't even mean a majority or a plurality. Again, a very fringe minority. And so if you are somebody who doesn't see yourself in those insurrectionists, and even if you voted for Trump, and you're having buyer's remorse, there is forgiveness. We won the election. We could be the bigger person. Come on over and let's become a country that's based on opportunity, not opposition. That's based on collaboration and not constant conflict that recognizes that all of us, yes, are created equal, but none of us can say that we've all been treated equal under the law. And let's move forward as a country together for God's sake
0: hundred percent. If you're into it, like like I said, we have a big tent. Um, so, before I let you go, can you tell everyone uh, where they can find and follow you?
1: Yeah, you can go to uh, um, it's a camp in a jar on Twitter, Amar uh, Camp in a Jar on Facebook, and um, I'm currently working on. We worked on raising three hundred fifty thousand dollars to help flip Georgia, and now we're working on trying to flip back those California seats with a pack called the Win Back Pack. We're going to win back those Orange County seats. We're going to win back those Central Valley seats and those seats that we lost around the country to have a healthier majority so that we never have to worry about um, our democracy teetering into the wrong hands again.
0: Well, thanks again so much for joining us today. Um, Former congressional candidate for California's 50th district, Amar Kampanajar. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey everybody, it's AG and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Helix Sleep. As you know, I've had a hard time sleeping for the past four years. I thought it was just because of the orange menace, but as it turned out, I had a garbage mattress too. It wasn't like, it, it just wasn't customized for me. So I wasn't sleeping. I was tossing and turning. I would wake up tired, but not anymore. Helix has solved all my problems. Helix Sleep understands you're unique. They customize your mattress to fit you in the way you sleep best. They created this online sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete. And then they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Mattress. So if you like a mattress that's really soft or firm or if you sleep on your side or your belly or your back. Uh, with Helix, it's it's customized for you, and and they'll put together the perfect mattress for you. Like I like my bed medium firm, and I sleep on my side, so they matched me with the Helix Midnight. But you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was just actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick for 2019, and now again in 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine. So just go to HelixSleep.com/dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And they have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're- And it's Friday, so that means Amy Carrero is here. Amy, how are you?
2: Woo! I'm good. I'm just, you know, still at home doing nothing. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. You no, know?
2: but I'm excited to read the good news.
0: Yeah, me too. And and since we spoke last, the president's been impeached again. So that's <laughs> can talk about that being good news.
2: Yeah, that is good news. Did you see that video, that TikTok video um, that I think it was Kamala Harris's niece posted, where she was like. Um, Kamala Harris was like sitting in her living room just casual you know like with her shoes off and she goes auntie auntie and she looks up she goes yeah she's like I have a, I have a gift for you and she like puts this jar of like jelly bean and like like orange jelly beans in her face and she's like impeachments and she just like cracked up it was so funny <laughs> I got a kick out of that I'll send it to you if you haven't seen it
0: I didn't see that, but now I'm going to look for it because that sounds awesome.
2: It is quite hilarious. Mm.
0: Oh, well, let's see. We've got some listeners submitted good news and some corrections. And uh, if you have anything you want to send in, you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click contact and you can see all the different ways you can send us a message. Uh, from there so I'll just kick this off uh, let's start it with Clark a, a submission from Clark pronouns he and him this is a correction I love the pod and AJ you've kept me seen for two years now going on two years now thank you G's a and D so much respect okay so that's G's a and D as in as in G's Al- Allison and Dana. <laughs> I get it. So much respect. We're simpatico 99.99% of the time. However, I'm dead sure as a son of the rural South, you got something wrong regarding the events filmed at the apprehension of West Virginia State Rep. Derek Evans. When his grandmother said, Uh thank you, Mr. Trump, for inviting a riot at the White House, that was pure bottled up, bless your heart ease, for thanks, asshole. She wasn't happy about it.
2: Oh. Uh,
0: A red state family dynamic that's too far, too common and brutal, far too common and brutal. Ah, so that was bless your heart ease. Oh. Hmm, Interesting.
2: Gotcha. Okay, that's, uh, see, Southern English, well, English is already my second language, but English, in the south is like a third
0: language so i
2: appreciate that
0: so i guess when the grandma was like thanks trump for inciting this riot she was uh according to clark saying you you dick my grandson is going to jail yeah, interesting
2: well i hope so listen i hope that grandma is like a secret anti never trumper that's what i'm hoping for but who knows Either way, her grandson's going to jail. Okay, (laughs) next up, we've got uh, Rebecca, pronouns she, her. Hello, Beans Queens. I owe you a big debt of gratitude for keeping me sane and informed during a time in which I find myself wanting to scream into the void on a regular basis. Turns out, rage fatigue is a real thing. Mm. Self-care is important. I was off Twitter for the entire Christmas break. Oh, wow. Good for you. And it was glorious. Due to the most recent shit show in Washington, I have found myself back on it and really have to moderate my time. The heart and brain can only take so much. Anyway, on to the good news. Two things. Number one, I turned 40 on January 1st and made the conscious decision to embrace it and celebrate it. I struggle with anxiety and there was a part of me that absolutely wanted to freak out about it. Due to COVID, there wasn't a party or any real celebration, but I reflected on the ones who didn't make it to their 40th and how lucky I am to have made it this far in life. I feel truly lucky. When I turned 30, I did freak out and and threw a roller skating party to both cope and hold on to part of my childhood. This year, I said, fuck it and felt the gratitude. Nice. Number two, it snowed in Central Texas. Honest to goodness, three to four inches of snow in all of my 40 years in Austin. We've never had snow like that, and actually stick. It was a damn celebration and a, and play and just pure joy. Central Texas is a more blue area of is a more blue area of the state. And after our piece of shit senator, whom I shall not name because fuck him, and we all know who I'm <laughs> talking about anyway. It was like the snow we didn't realize we needed. Ugh, I'm making a snow. I'm making the snow political. This feels gross and not my intention. <laughs> the point is, the snow felt like a much-needed palette cleanser. I've attached a few pictures of the snow and my two boo-boos. Our old man Gibby, Black Lab, fell in love with the snow during our brief time in Raleigh, North Carolina. I refer to him as my snow dog. Baz rhymes with spaz. Mixed breed idiot. <laughs> Idiot's her word, not mine. Um, has not, uh, was not having it uh, with the snow at first, referring to him as my nope dog. He eventually came around and zoomied all over the yard, but it took a while. I also included a meme my husband made of Baz because we're both nerds. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do. And yes, Dana, you have a lovely voice. And I love Ag's laugh.
0: Smiley face. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
2: you do have a great laugh. Wow, that's a lot of snow. I know.
0: For, oh, look at the dog. Cutie doggos.
2: Oh my gosh, that one. The the last one, not amused. The meme.
0: That's great. Not amused. I love it. We'll share not all these amused. on the. We'll share all these on the newsletter. Uh, all right. I'm gonna read the next two because this one's kind of short. Yeah. Rebecca pronouns she her says quick self correction. Self correction. In my recent submission I referred to my dog Baz as a mixed breed idiot. He's not really an idiot. I say that's ironically. <laughs> I actually prefer mixed breeds. Despite some of his behavioral quirks, he's brought us lots of laughter and joy. I've done a lot of training with him. He's come a long way. Truly very smart. Not an idiot at all. We love him a lot. I say idiot with affection. Felt inclined to clarify, <laughs> and clearly I'm an overthinker.
2: <laughs> that's freaking hilarious Ugh. i can't even deal with it
0: i love it when there's a correction to the submission that we just read
2: we just read yeah i think i personally think idiot is like lovable idiot just kind of like airhead and you know i i love it i, I think it's great yeah
0: i refer to those kinds of dogs as clowns you know
2: oh clowns they're just
0: clowns but not like scary c- clowns you know like Maybe I should stop doing that, too. Uh, Next up, from (laughs) Melissa, pronouns she and her. Hello, friends. Sorry, this is going to be a bit long, but at the end of your most recent upload blurred vision board. AG and DG mentioned they had not had alcohol in a while, which sparked my memory from my most horrid year of 2016. While I was attempting to complete a thesis master's degree in biology, specifically ecology, evolution, and systematics, I got into this old hobby of collecting alcohol bottles, full ones. (laughs) I always had delayed drinking them because I wanted to do a big party at the end of my degree, and I was saving these bottles for that day. Side note, I never drank in college for fear of associating feeling good with consuming alcohol, and since I was in a very bad <gasps> depression at the time, I thought that would be a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Good good call.
2: Yeah. That's a good, good call.
0: So after losing an adoptive mom to her third bout with breast cancer, Aww. my space in her house, finishing the degree, and getting published, getting a big girl job with benefits, paying off all my debt, and then becoming the first-time homeowner one week before the <sighs> COVID lockdowns, I was finally Whoa. able to put together all of that collecting into, quote, the bar. Oh. My co workers have expressed a desire to sterilize their insides at the bar. In total there are around three hundred, yes, three hundred ah. bottles of alcohol, not including beer, waiting in great anticipation of being used once the vaccines have been distributed. I've enclosed photos of the current state of said bar. As for Podpet. My roommates have their rescue, Roxy the dog. Be safe, be healthy, don't die. Look at this bar. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, wait. This looks like a legitimate bar. Like you would, this This is a bar I would go to. Yeah,
0: I want to go. I like it here.
2: Oh, my God. There's wait. Four stools. <laughs> I'm so confused. Where did she keep this bo- these bottles this whole time Is she going to charge a cover fee? What do the roommates think? Have the roommates broken into the bottles? I just, I need, I need an update. I
0: know. I don't know. But look how cute this dog is.
2: (laughs) Oh, this dog. He sort of looks like, or it looks like a little bear or something. Oh, it's so cute. Like a tiny baby cub bear. Okay. Next up is Anonymous. She, her. Thank you so much for your conversation with Riel Jones. It was the first time I heard discussed, uh... I heard discuss the erased reality from this conversation. You told her that you wanted to learn more, so I want to guide you and your listeners to the latest episode of NPR's podcast, It's Been a Minute, episode titled, We've Had Insurrections Before. They discuss the assertion of voter fraud and what voter fraud, in quotes, actually means. While some people may believe uh, there there are double votes or whatever nonsense they claim, this is not what's being referred to by those in power the host asks who can exercise political power who can rightfully claim power to the state in their eyes we the minorities that tip the election cannot exercise political power therefore our votes are fraudulent this is completely erased from the conversations in white liberal spaces and it sucks i say all of that i say all of that to say thank you for introducing the conversation to your audience that's great. Mm.
0: Yeah, that was a really, really good conversation if, if you guys haven't uh, heard it yet. Uh, okay, next up from Cindy Lou Who, pronouns she and her. Good news. Hello, Beanie Babies, Beanie Babes, excuse me. Here's my good news. My elderly mother, 95, has been staying with my husband and while, while she recovers from eye surgery. She has glaucoma and macular degeneration in both eyes, but we feel optimistic that this surgery will preserve a good deal of her eyesight and allow her to continue to live independently in a senior residence. She is so disgusted with Trump that I experience a daily lengthy rant about his abhorrent qualities. (laughs) She wrote postcards to voters and was adamant about getting her mail-in ballot delivered in plenty of time prior to the election— She's been eager to watch MSNBC with me, Hubby 2.0 is otherwise engaged, and to read news about politics that I share with her. On a recent road trip to her ophthalmology appointment some 80 miles away, <gasps>
2: holy shit!
0: I put on the Daily Beans, she loves your show, even the swearing. <laughs> of <laughs> course, this is a lady who told me after my bitter and lengthy divorce from Hubby 1.0, given what you've gone through... It wouldn't bother me next time if you just shack up. <laughs> She's a hoot. So, ladies, you have a new and very feisty fan. And she gets her first COVID vaccine on Friday. Oh, that's wonderful, Cindy Lou. Oh. For Pod Tax, here's a photo of my little Libby, our two year old Poochon. Hmm. Oh
2: a poochon is that like a bichon
0: uh, like a yeah a poodle bichon i think it's a, think it's a-
2: oh a poodle bichon oh yeah, so that's cute. i'm guessing
0: uh, she knows how to manipulate the You're shit right. out of okay. us p.s is what she said look at this
2: baby <laughs> the best kind of dog oh my god she's mm. cute i use i had a, a bichon growing up and they're just the sweetest sweetest dogs Aww. the shortest legs you've ever <laughs> seen well maybe not the shortest dachshunds but they're pretty pretty close love them okay Um, The next one is from Kai Pronounced they them Hello beans teams I've been living in Colorado For almost two years Having moved here To be closer to my spouse's family And the town we chose to live in Which we don't actually like all that much Was chosen on the basis That it is home To the only school in the state Which houses a music therapy program So cool A master's in music therapy Had been my dream for years I put all of my heart and soul Into the application That I submitted in November of 2019 Truly believing that I had a shot at this Lo and behold, COVID-19 derailed the program and their restructuring caused my application to be denied. I have it on good authority that under normal circumstances, I would have been accepted. I was also laid off in January while waiting for my application news from a job that I hated but paid the bills. I being a true believer in everything happens for a reason and rejection is the universe's protection. Oh shit. I never heard that before. Hmm. I grieved the loss of my dream for a few weeks and then fairly easily shifted course. I found a much more accessible grad program in music education, being that it is a hybrid, great for working parents like me, and applied there as well. Shortly before Christmas, I learned I was accepted. So grad school, here I come. Nice. Awesome. I am now working as a facilitator of a learning pod, making the most of a really shitty situation of these kids and their families for these kids and their families. I get to help provide structure for children whose lives have been turned upside down. I hugely appreciate everything you do, you all do over there, not the least of which is sharing the good news, which I need just as much uh, as much as the rest of it. I can't tell you how many times I've laughed and cried during this segment. Love to you all. Happy 2021.
0: Congratulations. That's so great, Kai. I'm so happy.
2: So great. I'm so happy for them. And also, I've never heard... Have you heard that rejection is the universe's protection?
0: Uh Uh-uh. I love it.
2: That's so cool. I, I really could. I should like tattoo that on my forehead every time I don't get a part because <laughs> <like>, it really <laughs> hits me hard.
0: Right. Because I'm thinking of it immediately from a from a comedian standpoint. Right. Like. Right. Right. Universe is protection.
2: You just bomb and you're like, no, no, this is the universe being nice. Y- in front of like a crowd that's not <laughs> laughing at your jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for submitting your good news. And thank you for all the well wishes. Um, I, I Hopefully I'll start feeling better here soon. I'm going to be resting over this weekend. Um, and, but everybody, and, you know, I just appreciate the the kind words so so very much. And Amy, thanks for being here today. Do you have anything you want to say before we get out of here?
2: Um, uh, I'm doing an impeachment class refresh on my Instagram. If you any of you care to listen to it or click through it manually, it's also good for kids. Although I do curse a little bit, but it's um pretty pretty basic and rudimentary. But for people who might need a refresher, it's uh pretty much like a fun
0: civics class. Nice. Yeah, and and that's how we ended up um, meeting was because. We had you on the show last year because you were doing your Impeachment 101 class on your Instagram, and I was like, you should come and talk to us, and then the rest is history.
2: Yeah, and the rest is history. Love it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. We'll see you next Friday. Everybody else, we'll see you Monday. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been H.E. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazzell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kunai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader and Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.